following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 4th, 2017, season 13, episode number 50. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. And uh, we're here to talk some Cowboys football. Today we're going to jump in and talk Cowboys versus Packers. Uh, that game kicks off this Sunday at 3.30 uh, Central Time here at AT&T Stadium. Dave has a scouting report already for us on the uh, Packers offense versus the Cowboys defense. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Got Amber back Good. in the building. Welcome back, Amber. <laughs> thank you, thank Good you. Good to have you back. And uh, how are you, Dave? Good. You ready? Yep. I know last night you said you were going to jump right into all the tape on the Packers, and I assumed you've watched all four of their games and maybe even went back to last year and watched a few of the games from last year. So what what says Dave after watching all this film on the Green Bay Packers? We're just going to get right into it like that, huh? Why not? Jump in. You know what says Dave? Who cares? Oh. And I don't mean like who cares about the game right, or any definitely. of that. Who cares what the Packers offense has or what they're doing as long as they have Aaron Rodgers. Right. How hard is that scouting report? I haven't watched him play it much and I know he's and all you're gonna say is slings it Rogers. around some guy you never heard of and he's pretty good now. It literally does not matter. That's the conclusion oh. that I came to. And that just you just took the whole show down. Now everybody's just like, what? Why? What? Well, why are we even going to play the game? Do you? I'm just going to. I'm going to illustrate my point here. Okay. I actually first I started off by going back, and I've I looked at every game that they've played against the Packers in the last since the 20, since the Dez catch game. Okay. Uh, I left out the 2013 game because Rodgers didn't start. Okay. They, they still lost, but Rodgers didn't start. So in those games. Um, 2014 playoffs, Eddie Lacy was your leading rusher with 100 yards. Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb were your leading receivers. Uh, the next year, Eddie Lacy had another good day. James Starks also ran for 71 yards and a touchdown. The Packers ran for 230 that day. Randall Cobb and James Jones were your receivers of choice. Uh, last year in the regular season, it was Lacy again. Jordy Nelson was there. Randall Cobb. Ty Montgomery was your leading receiver. Fast forward three months, Ty Montgomery is your leading rusher because he plays running back now because they just did that because they were out of options. Uh, Jared Cook, you might remember him. He's your leading receiver in that game. Uh, Cobb and Adams had decent days, nothing to get super excited about. Uh, so I guess the point I'm trying to make there is that it's it's just a mismatch of whatever they can cobble together as long as Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball, which he is. Uh, 2014, 68% for 316 and three touchdowns. 2015, actually his worst day, 63%, 218 and two touchdowns, and that was because they ran for 230 yards. Uh, last year in the regular season, 74%, 294, a touchdown, and a very uncharacteristic pick by Barry Church that helped the Cowboys win that game. And then in the playoffs, 65%, 355, two touchdowns, and one interception. Um, he's a freak. Um, that's really my main concern. And now I will, I will flash forward to this past game against the Bears. This is the Packers starting offensive line when they beat the Bears 35 to 17. Lane Taylor, 
who's a second-year undrafted free agent who's also a guard. That's playing tackle? Played left tackle. Awesome. Uh, Patrick Lucas, who is an undrafted free agent in his second year, played left guard. Corey Lindsley, who's a fifth-round pick. He's a pretty solid center. He was still there. Jari Evans, who's a four-time All-Pro but is also in his 12th NFL season and has bounced around the league. He's not the guy he was with the New Orleans Saints by any stretch. He's your right guard. Uh, and then Justin McCray, who is an undrafted free agent uh, who's bounced around the league and played in the Arena Football League. He's your right tackle. So to summarize, there are three players that are undrafted that are starting on their offensive line. Your main left tackle, David Bakhtiari, has been out with a hamstring injury. Your main right tackle, Brian Bulaga, has been out with an ankle injury. We're going to have to wait and see this week if they play uh, or not. Uh, I actually I talked to some people who cover the Packers before I came on this show to see if they kind of had any insight for me and they were like it's it's going to be wait and see they've been dinged up basically for the entire season but does it matter because Aaron Rodgers still led them to 35 points I know it's the Chicago Bears they're still they're three and one playing this way and by the way they are right now ranked 29th in the league in sacks allowed with 15 and despite that they're still putting up the numbers that they're you, putting you, up. You, you sack them but they're still You read my up mind. Numbers. You read my mind. Aaron Rodgers was sacked 4 times by the Seattle Seahawks. They won that game. He was sacked 6 times by the Cincinnati Bengals. They won that game. He was sacked twice by the Bears. They won in a blowout. Uh he gets it to Cobb, he gets it to Jordy, he gets it Ty Montgomery, who is still their running back this season, he was their leading receiver in their Has one. bulked up a little bit yeah. to look more like a running back. He was, well, he was their leading receiver against Atlanta, which is the one game that they lost. So their one loss is on the road against the reigning NFC champions. Um, it's really frustrating to watch because logic says that they shouldn't be any good. Like, I don't think this is a particularly um, good team. Talented roster type thing. And it, the, there, there's talent there, but like you shouldn't be able to win in the NFL against the Cincinnati Bengals playing four guards on your offensive line. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers is a freak show. I mean, I don't know if you watched this game against the Bears, but he had a. He, it was very Dak esque, where the play completely broke down. He bolted left and then came back and then ran through the pocket, which was collapsing, and just throws this running prayer 58 yards down the field to Jordy Nelson, who's in between the safeties and catches it and does a little shimmy move and gets 15 extra yards. It's just like it's really it's demoralizing as if you're if you're somebody who doesn't want the Packers to win, it's it's hard to watch. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. I, I really. <laughs> I'm not saying, and and I'm not saying. Thanks that, for joining us this week. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't beat them, because the the Falcons did it, and the the Bengals came awfully close. And that was actually the question that I wanted to. As you're talking about all that, I wanted to get Nick to take us back to last season, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys did go to Green Bay beat and them got badly. a win. Yeah, and got a win. I'm sorry. He's going and, to me, Dave. And and, right. and so <laughs> it was good. It was good. No, I know. I, but I want you, you to tell me like things. Take, but take me back Aaron to Rogers. last season. Take me back to last season. What did the Cowboys do? Because they were facing a similar type team from the standpoint that Rodgers was still the catalyst that made everything go. What did they do to get a win? Well, Rodgers really wasn't very good in that game. I mean, he he got hot later on in the season, and they won seven in a row, and he didn't throw an interception until Jeff Heath came along. But he... They they had a lot of problems in that game, uh, getting it blocked. David Irving had a decent game from he played nineteen snaps. Now he did was the NFC 
player of the week with three forced fumbles, but he wasn't the only guy out there. He was playing half the snaps. They got after him really well. The weather wasn't that great, so it wasn't one of those where he could sling it around a lot. I think if I remember, his receivers had a few drops in the game. And so, and the Cowboys set the tone early by jumping up on him and kind of, uh, you know, they had control of that game for the most part. Had a couple of big plays right before halftime with Lucky Whitehead, if I remember. But uh, I, I just think that the Cowboys were just completely better on both sides of the ball. They could not stop Beasley. And I think for the most part, when it comes to Rodgers, he, he was off. He was not the Rodgers that we had seen before uh, and the, that we saw later in the season. But that, and I think he kind of fooled a lot of people by thinking, well, you know, they kind of had his number. But, but he was a different quarterback down the stretch at the season. But, but that game was not, it was not his Aaron Rodgers-esque type game. Dave, you talk about what's how 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 this doesn't when you watch this team, you're like, how are they winning when you look at the offensive line? Another thing that's very uncharacteristic in today's NFL for a really good team is that they don't even try to run the ball for the most part. I mean, right now they are tw- I think they're averaging like twenty rushes per game and like forty passes per game. Like they're throwing the ball at a at a much higher clip than they're running the ball. And that doesn't mean that when they run, they aren't getting a little bit here and there to kind of keep teams honest. But by and large, when you look at it from that standpoint, they are a throwing team, and and running is something that they do just as a secondary uh, type, almost like a, an afterthought. I don't completely agree with that because um, who was – for instance, and I know David Johnson's hurt, but the, the Packers look like a better running team than the Arizona Cardinals did. Like, did, I mean, I don't I – don't, Yeah, but that's also because David Johnson's not there. And if David Johnson were there, they would be running a lot more and a lot more effectively, right? I, I mean, in their last two games I – know, I know it's the Bears, but, I mean, they leaned on the run in that game. They ran for 100 yards as a team. They, their average isn't great, and and it's not anything impressive. I mean, a wide receiver is their leading running back. They've got two draft picks, uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones behind him. Um, it's not impressive. It's not the Cowboys by any stretch of the imagination, but I still think it's it's part of their offense. They're actually much like the Cowboys, really even more so than the Cowboys. They're a rare NFL team that uses a fullback. They drafted Aaron Ripkowski. That's the funny thing when you watch these guys is you go into the – you're like, well, it's Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They're, five, they're four or five wide every time. That's not really true. Like, they run a lot of 21 personnel. Ripkowski's in there all the time as a blocker and a receiver. They have Martellus Bennett. Lance Kendricks, Richard Rodgers, their tight ends have been there forever, or Rodgers has, I mean. Um, there's usually one or two on the field. So, like, you see a lot of that type of traditional personnel from these guys. Yes, but they throw out of it a lot. Yes, the they point. do. Because they do. even their running back, I mean, you look at at at, um, at, at Montgomery, He's the he has the second most catches on the team. Like they still throw a lot to the running back. I'm, not, I'm not trying to convince you that this is a ground-and-pound offense. I just – it's, I think it's a mistake to assume that they're throwing the ball 60 times a game. And I will say this, their worst, 40 times. Their worst performance of the year was in Atlanta where they got behind and the running game really was not an, was an afterthought. I think they ran for 40 total yards as a team that day. And all of their good performances, they've at least gotten up near 100 yards as a team, if not more. So what did Atlanta do to, to put them in that situation? Uh, I, I actually – so I watched – you know, again, I don't watch. I did not go back to last season and watch their games. I didn't do it. I, not even the playoff game. No, I don't need. Well, I saw. Day, I saw Brian was watching. I watched that with Brian yesterday. Actually, yeah. I did. Um, so I watched the Bears game, and I was like, "This, this really isn't indicative because the Bears are terrible. I need to see more than this." So I went back and watched the Falcons game. Uh, first of all, 
I think to beat the Packers, you got to have an explosive offense like the Falcons that can score points. Um, and I think you've got to have a good pass rush because we just talked about this Packers offensive line. Uh, they're not good. You 15 sacks in four games. Uh, they got to him four times in that game on top of that. So they were able to force three Packer punts in that first half. Um, and then they got points on three of their own four drives in that sequence. So they're up 17 to seven. Uh, and then Rogers throws a pick on the last possession of the half that sets them up to take a 24 seven lead. And then on the first play of the third quarter, they strip sack him and return it for a touchdown. And they're up 31 to seven and they still only won 34 23. So even with a 24 point lead in the second half, I don't want to say they had to hold on for dear life because they still won by nine points, but it's not like the Packers just rolled over. I mean, as long as they have Rodgers, they have a chance. So you got to sack him. I really, I'll, I'll be surprised if the Cowboys win this game without winning the turnover battle. So with, with that being said and talking about an explosive offense, Amber, how comfortable do you feel knowing what the Cowboys have done offensively, some of the struggles that they've had at moments looking good? I think that first half, this last game, they looked good on offense. How comfortable do you feel that they have the kind of explosive offense, especially in the first half, that <laughs> that can get them to kind of lead possibly that they would need in order to maybe use that blueprint? Again, I think we've seen what they're – they are capable of doing. I just think they need to keep that going, be more consistent. Again, mix it up a little bit. Don't be forcing it. Like we keep saying it, don't be forcing it to Des and just keep um, try to get those guys more involved like Jason Witten and Cole Beasley. Um, I'm going through a lot of the comments on Twitter, and I know we'll get into this, into this later on, but after you said all your stats on Aaron Rodgers, everyone's pretty concerned about <laughs> this game. So based on what the Cowboys have right now, how could they stop the Packers offensively? Well, everyone's concerned. If there is a, is there hope here? What's the spread? The Cowboys are favored by two. Is that right? Really? Yeah. Wow. Honestly, I don't think that's crazy. And I'll and my answer. I'm just surprised that that would be the way that it goes based upon the Cowboys last week and the Packers being with Aaron Rodgers. I know. Just I, the whole thing shapes up weird. But yeah, the, the Packers have played one uh, home a road game. That was the Atlanta game that you were talking about. So not that they haven't proven they could go in and win against you know you know in Arlington, but still, you know, home game. Cowboys have I guess. I don't know. They didn't play but well after at home seeing, last week. I, yeah, after I seeing them playing against the Rams, and then but see, I, I think I think maybe they're factoring in. I mean, Cowboys are going to get some players back here on on defense this week, or they're hoping to. It. I have a feeling. I said the same thing leading into the playoff game last year. Numbers two to fifty three. I'll take the Cowboys roster every single time. It just so happens that number one is a big, big, big difference maker. Would you take number one over two and three for the Cowboys? Yes. I don't even know who that is. I don't either, but I'll tell you. If it means I have Aaron Rodgers, I want that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to argue. I, mean, it's hard to I don't know who the Cowboys well, two. So three. to answer your question, Amber. Um, Give the fans some hope. How can, <laughs> how can the Cowboys possibly <laughs> beat <right>. the Packers? <laughs> if I sounded doom and gloom, I'm sorry. I really don't. It's not like this is an insurmountable task. It's just... It's frustrating to watch this team because logic says they shouldn't be any good, and yet here they are. Um, if there's, 
I'm watching the injury report this week. I don't root for injuries. I don't. I always want players to be healthy, but man, it would be nice for the Cowboys if David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga didn't play in this game because I know they weren't as good last week against the Rams, but this pass rush has shown a lot of promise in this first month of the season. And I got to believe Demarcus Lawrence and these guys can get the better of four guards, three of whom weren't drafted, who were starting on this offensive line. Well, go ahead. It, I mean, it's just, and that that's a huge difference. And like I said, I mean, you can get to them. The, C, the Seahawks did it four times. The Packers only won that game 17 to nine. It's not like they were just, you know, throwing the ball all over the park that day. The Bengals got to him six times. That game had to go to overtime. And then even Chicago got to him twice. So I got to believe the Cowboys can put put him on the ground at two or three times. Um, I know he, he gets the ball out really quickly, just like Eli Manning. But that offensive line, the Cowboy – I can't believe I'm saying this. The Cowboys' edge as a defensive line against this offensive line, I think, is their best hope for success. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Look at where we are. I mean, it, all it takes is a few weeks and everything changes, right? I mean – it's amazing that Aaron Rodgers is playing his 13th year. This is 13th. Doesn't seem season. like that. No, I mean I understand that he didn't he didn't play his first couple. In fact, his first game that he really really played a lot was against the Cowboys in in 2007. That will be a feature in Throwback Thursday this week. But um, they, they they hurt Brett Favre and knocked him out of the game and thought, wow, got him. And then here comes Aaron Rodgers and he, he showed right then that he was pretty good too. But it's just it's. It's surprising. Do you know what the, the, his record is against the Cowboys in regular season? Three and three. Yeah. Look that up. No. <laughs> oh, you just guessed. Yes. Oh, you just guessed the number. Things of games, that no exactly. things that you just know from. Oh, well, so there's two, the 2010 game that got Wade fired. 2015. <laughs> I'm missing a win, and then he lost in 2016. That's honestly surprising to me. I thought he okay. Well, in the regular season, eight. It, it, I mean, they've, oh, they've oh, played him okay in the regular season. It's yeah, it's the postseason. He's a pillar for the Cowboys because in both games, there were these moments that you'll forever remember, right? Each one of them had a moment you'll forever remember that was unlikely. Which, I'm glad kind of you I, have to deal with. I'm glad you brought that up. I assume one of those two things you're referring to is the Jared Cook play. Yes. Um this is a big game for David Irving to be back, and it's a game where I think Malik Collins needs to show up too because, all right, we know Lawrence is having a great season. They can't just pressure him. They like I was talking about that with Brian this morning. Like you got to pressure him and like collapse this whole thing around him. You got to make him give up on the play. He can run. He can not only can pocket. he run, like he wants to extend the play. That's what he wants to do because he can do stuff like that when he has a chance. It doesn't matter if he's running for his life because he can throw a 40-yard rope to Jared Cook. He On the run, it. yeah. Romo called it in the Bears game this last Thursday. He was like, if his, if his first read's not there, he's going to extend the play, and once he extends the play, it all changes. And that's exactly what happened, and he, he went, stepped up, and then broke right and just had an easy throw to, I think it was uh, Jordy Nelson. Or It is frustrating when you're watching it, it as an opposing That's what I'm fan. talking. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it really – Getting pressure on him is not enough because, like, 85% of the quarterbacks in the league are just going to throw the ball away or live to fight another day, but not him. Like, you you have to get a lot of pressure and contain him 
to the point where he just gives up on the play. Otherwise, he's always going to have a chance to hurt you. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about this defensive front, particularly Demarcus Lawrence and uh, and how he's going to probably be getting a lot more attention here in the next several weeks and maybe not, if not for the rest of the season. And I'll ask you guys the question, who's the guy that you expect this week can be the person that takes advantage of the added attention that goes to Demarcus Lawrence. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream save and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. Bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst froze deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Crave Rider. You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper. Crave Rider. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Pick up an ice cold 20 ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back to the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star uh we're talking about cowboys versus packers dave did an effective job of scaring all you fans out there and and making you think that this is an impossible task for the cowboys but if you're an nfl fan you've watched enough of aaron Rodgers to be scared without me having to tell you (laughs) yeah you just reinforced it you just brought it all back up to it's like yeah you got a point there i do want to say uh this is Something I for, I kind of left out. I mentioned the tackles. Oh, you left something well, out? Okay. Th- no. Well, this could work in the Cowboys' favor. Okay, I, good. I mentioned the tackles. That's going to bear watching. Uh, Ty Montgomery broke his ribs, in or a rib, in that game against the Bears. He says he's going to try to play, which more power to you, dude. Um, Devontae Adams one of the took one of the nastiest hits I've seen in a long time yeah. to the point where I was worried about his well-being. Uh, very seriously so when he left that game against the Bears. He's going to try to play too, which is also 
amazing to me. Um, we'll see if they do. Um, Jamal Williams, their backup running back, also got hurt. He's kind of he's questionable slash probable as well. So all of that stuff bears watching heading into this game. Um, again, I don't know that it really matters if Devontae Adams can't play because you still have Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Geronimo Allison. But something to watch. Yeah. It'll be uh, Martellus. And Martellus. And I think that's something worth noting, too. There's a tight end there that – uh, he is a guy that has the ability to get downfield at times. Really so. has kind of been an afterthought for these guys. Yeah, uh, but I, I kind of expected that. I mean, he's an, it's a new team, yeah. and, and he's coming into kind of a, a, a core that has receivers that are very well known to the quarterback yeah. and, and he's comfortable with. So he's going to be the kind of guy that's going to make those frustrating catches for you when you got everybody else covered. Then, oh, wow, yeah, his, Ben is still open. His, best, his yeah. best game of the season was his most recent game, so maybe he's kind It'll of get developing better that report. What I'm excited about is that he's going to get to talk this week in the media and say something about Witten, and Witten's going to have to respond to it. Maybe. Awesome. Maybe not. Maybe not. I hope so. not. I mean, we, we've done this like eight times now. I mean, he's gone to other teams and played the Cowboys before, but he'll say something about he didn't like Witten or – but you know how that goes. Part of that is because he'll be asked the question. Yeah. It all starts because the media is going to look at it and say, here's a juicy line. Hey, Martellus, what do you think about playing the Cowboys? And what do you think about Jason Witten? And like, and then it comes all back up over again because he's answering the question. Maybe the, he answers it honestly. He does, yeah. The, half, the last half of his name is true. He'll tell us. I mean, he'll definitely tell us what's, what's happening. With, with He will. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Maybe the Packers media will be so concerned with all the injuries that team is facing that they'll that'll kind of get brushed under the rug. The question is, do you think the Cowboys media will well, brush it under the, the rug? The rug. the opposing conference call with the Dallas media is with who? It's Rogers. So oh, okay. so it will be after the game when the first time the Dallas media will have access to him. Yes. No. But the national guys, I'm sure, will Maybe reach out to Martellus just to get a nice juicy headline. He'll say something this week. I mean yeah. he, he will and my, they'll and give him a juicy headline. And, and and Jason will be asked about it too, you know, back here. Just, but you know, he's not the only guy that's ever you know that drafted that didn't get on the field. I mean, when you play 15 straight seasons and never miss a game, uh, you know, after your rookie year, there's a lot of probably backup tight ends out there that kind of think they should be playing. So, he's so with, the, he's the only one in the league still, right? As far as I know, I don't believe John Phillips is in the league. Fasano? Sano, I don't know. I think Fasano's still in the league. I'm not positive about Gavin that. Gavin Escobar is not. No, Gavin, Gavin Escobar, Escobar is not. not. No. Um, but but you look at this, and he's just one more receiving threat for them. Looking at all the receivers that you've talked about, Dave, the, do the Cowboys have enough defensive backs even like to cover these guys? Think about the injuries and all that kind of stuff. How many guys are you expecting back this week? And and is this going to be a game where where you really think that the Cowboys can match up well? They've de- definitely drafted enough guys, and they have – the guys in the building, are they going to be healthy enough to be able to match up with the, the Packers? I think so, because, again, I'm, I'm, they have weapons for sure. I'm not trying to downplay that, but I guess that kind of goes back to my point from earlier is, like, these guys aren't just in an empty formation 50 times a game. You know, they they have their two, Nelson and Cobb, that they really like, and then Devontae Adams is there. He might not play. You have Geronimo Allison backing them up. Um, so I feel like it's – it's not that – it's unusual, I feel like, to see more than three out there. So, like, you have the numbers to do it. Obviously, numbers versus actually being capable of doing it are two different stories. But you got Jordan Lewis. You got Orlando Skandrick. You got Anthony Brown. Your safeties are healthy. Um, 
Chidabe Awuzie is the big question mark there, but I think there's optimism that he can get himself ready this week. And then as of right now, you still have Benaben Wickery. We'll see we'll see what happens with that as the week goes. He might be released to make room for David Irving. Yeah. You have the numbers. It's just, you know, a matter of matching up with them, especially against a quarterback who's really good at extending plays. That's the thing that worries me. What's your level of concern after watching Todd Gurley do what he did last week in the passing game and now facing a team with Montgomery? Let's assume he plays right now. He's a second. He has the second most catches on that team being the Cowboys being able to effectively cover a running back coming out of the backfield catching passes. I think it's a little bit different when you're talking about a running back that runs the ball first. That's what he does. Gurley hurts you running the football. That's what you're worried about more than anything. I don't. Th- then once he's at back there, then he becomes a threat because he can do other things. If you're not a legitimate threat to run the ball, I don't. I don't see it to be as much of a problem. Why? Because that's not the first priority for the, for the Cowboys. The Cowboys is to stop the run, and so when when they've when they've established that they can stop the run, even having a running back out of the backfield that that does lines up in other areas, I don't think it's. it's I'm not saying he can't hurt you, but I'm just saying. Gurley, I think his effectiveness is, and the same with Zeke when he catches the ball, is because you have to worry about them running the football. That's what they do. They're running backs. Then when they, when, when you think you've got that covered, they sneak out there. But if 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 Montgomery's out there and you're not as concerned with him running it, I don't, I wouldn't be as concerned by that. You know what? Going back to that game to the Rams, I thought. And I have mixed feelings about this defense just overall. Like at moments, uh, they give me a little bit of hope. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? But, um, for example, last game, they did a pretty good job um, stopping Gurley, at least during the first half. Then in the second half, when they weren't able to get help from the offense, just, you know, being on the field so much, I feel that's where they began struggling. You know, they started struggling so, for example, for this game against the Packers, I think they can do enough to kind of keep the Cowboys in the game. They're not going to be great, but at the same time, like uh, Dave was saying, Montgomery is suffering from his rib injury, yep. which we would hope that even if he plays, we hope that that doesn't become um, a problem for the Cowboys. And even then, again, the Packers, their strongest asset is... Aaron Rodgers, the passing game. So just overall, my feeling for this defense going against the Packers, I think they can do enough to keep the Cowboys going, but they won't win if the offense doesn't get, you know, doesn't help them and start scoring points. Montgomery gives me pause because of his his receiving background and his ability to get out in space. Mm-hmm. But if that's all he can do, it doesn't bother me as much, and I mean that as – and I, I was the one that was just defending the Packers' running game, but I have to give the Dallas defensive line the edge in this matchup, especially if you know two of your four are not out there for the Packers, your tackles. And then I am assuming Sean Lee plays in this game, which that would make your run defense that much better. So if Montgomery is contributing to the passing game, that's great. This is – much like the Cardinals, this is one of those games, and I think that kind of ties into what Amber's saying, is you're not going to shut down Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to shut him down. You prepare for him to throw for around or more than 300 yards, and you just have to kind of hope for the breaks, limit, you know, keep the 30-yard gains from becoming 60-yard touchdowns, hopefully force a turnover or two, and hope that your offense is clicking and can keep up. 
So with all of that in mind, if, if I'm just assuming Rodgers is going to have his day, but if you can shut down the running game and make it more one-dimensional, I call that a win. And maybe that's grading on a curve, but I think that's the expectation that you have to have for a defense when you're playing. Him. And maybe I didn't give I didn't explain the question well enough because I, I actually am a little bit concerned. And I guess my concern comes from not necessarily, again, I'm not talking about Montgomery as a rusher. I'm talking about Montgomery coming out of the backfield. And last week, the one thing that was concerning to me was that the Cowboys seemed to have an inability to cover Gurley. Now, Gurley's a different athlete. He's a much better athlete than, than most of the running backs the Cowboys will face this year. But for a guy that's a trained wide receiver that is now playing running back, it does concern me him coming out of the backfield. And, and that's my question is I understand if, if I, I'm a lot less concerned if I get Hitchens and or Sean Lee back this week. If I don't, I think I'm very concerned with what I saw last weekend with the linebackers that they have left being able to cover a guy who is adept at being able to run routes and catch the ball. I thought I did answer your question. I That's a very real concern, especially if at least one of those linebackers isn't back. But if he's one-dimensional to the point where you know you have to account for that, you can put a defensive back out there to deal with him or to follow him. And you're not worried about him just gashing your defense as Treat a running like back? A but they've yeah. been – I know what you said about the running game. They've been one-dimensional. They are averaging 40 passes a game and averaging 20 rushes a game. They are they are the definition of a one-dimensional team. Okay. And they're okay with that offensively. And Ty That's Ma- how they run and their offense. Ty Montgomery hasn't been killing any – I mean, he hasn't been killing people. Like I said, he was their leading receiver in Atlanta. He had six catches for 75 yards. They lost that game by two possessions. I he's not Todd Gurley in the sense that and I guess what I mean is as long as he's not ripping off five yards per carry and being multidimensional to the point where you don't know what he's going to do or where he's going when the play starts I think they can handle that you know if, if Julio Jones lines up in, in, in the backfield a linebacker is not just going to say well he's a running back I'm going to take him I mean I think you still treat him like a receiver and I would think the Cowboys still like Dave said treat Montgomery like a wide receiver uh, you know, if he starts running the ball on third and one and, and plowing over your defensive ends, okay, then that's a little different. But he's he's kept 88 for a reason. I think he is primarily a receiver, and I think when he's back there, I think that they need to treat him that way, safeties, corners. When you, so when you say that, do you think that maybe Cowboys, even when they're presenting, like you said, a 21 package, would you think maybe they stick with a nickel maybe yeah. because you want that extra guy because you think that running back's more of a wide receiver I, than I a running think, back? I think that's a great point. I think you have to do that. I think you have to play more that way. Way than, than you would just a lot of base defense or especially short yardage defense. I would play this whole game in nickel or yeah. maybe even dime. No matter what they go to for yes. the most part because you know that they like to throw the ball. I mean, like they like to throw the ball way and more than they like to run it. Maybe not. I'm, dime is a little extreme, but I would <laughs> I would like... Dime against 21? Yeah. I would like to think that your nickel defense can still not get embarrassed by this running game. If Sean Lee's out there and can help clean this stuff up, and again, if they're starting two tackles or not playing in this game, if the defensive line can't hold it hold its own, then they've got big problems. So, all right, um, let's get to some questions. You guys, give us a call. Numbers two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Again, it is two one four eight seven two twenty one zero two. Or you can hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break, and we will start with Miss Amber. What do well, we have over there on Twitter? We know that David Irvin is back, and he talked about during his time off or during. Not time off, but suspension. He's been working out, playing video games, eating, taking naps. So one of the questions here, a few of the questions are the same. Yeah, he's been. That's his. That was his routine. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. 
So getting ready to, for his comeback. Yay. If the Cowboys decide to make him active for this upcoming game, do you guys think that he will be up to speed with his game? Well, he doesn't look like uh, he doesn't look like the same guy that he, in training camp, and I'm sure that that's going to happen. With what does that mean? It just means he doesn't look like the same person. He looks like he's been off for four weeks a little bit. Really? Yeah. But um, not to say that he's not going to be effective or can't be effective for you know limited amount. I'm sure he'll play a, f- a few snaps. I mean, I don't think they will give him 50, 60 snaps, but uh, he'll probably take what Taco did and, or, or has done or not done, and he'll, he'll take those snaps. So I think he'll be effective because he is a big body, and he is he's, is a tough mismatch because of just his length. So I think if he gets out there and he's got something to prove, he'll probably make a little bit of a difference. Nothing too earth-shattering. I think it was you that made the point, or one of y'all made the point yesterday, that typically guys coming off suspension don't just wreck shop right away. Greg Hardy did it. and But, but, not, but no, not many others. Well, I was, Greg Hardy, for all of his faults as a person, was an all-pro franchise tag caliber end. Yeah. And David Irving is not. Um, I think he'll play and... I don't know. He'll yeah. he'll be out there. I'm not I'm not counting on him to do what he did in Lam- at Lambeau last year. That's for sure. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a pessimist. Though. What's the pos- <laughs> maybe just a little? No. What's the position that concerns you guys the most from the Cowboys? And it could be offensively or defensive. Cornerback, safety, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> secondary. Same, same, well, we just, it's almost oh, like secondary. Aaron Rodgers yes. looking at both of them. Yes. I mean, is. I I think. Uh, yeah, I mean both of those positions really just because uh, mainly the the corners because you know they, they're going to have a hard time stopping those receivers anyways. But then just like you're talking about the play extending, you know you got the guy, you got Jordy Nelson on twenty yards down the field, then he cuts back and you know you've got him. And next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers is still running around, and then he goes back the other way, and you're either holding or it's just when that play is extended, you the, the coverage has to be extended as well and. Covering them for two or three seconds is hard. Five or six is almost impossible. Yeah, the the only opportunity – well, yes, I'll say that. The only opportunity we've seen to see this defense this year against this caliber of wide receivers was Denver. And those guys – it wasn't that they, were ma- that, that they were making such great throws downfield. There was one really good one, the touchdown throw. But there were a whole bunch of throws that were just underneath – and those those cornerbacks just they couldn't make the tackle. And you talk about a team like that. That's how Randall Cobb is. That's Randall Cobb's game. Get the ball to him quick. He makes a move, and then he tries to get more yards. And so I just think that you know it, until they show me that they can beat that, until they show me that they're that they can manage that kind of wide receiving core and a quarterback that could find the open guy and get it to him quickly, then I'm I'm very concerned. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think safety, just because, like I said, against an offense like this and a quarterback like this, you just have to assume that they're going to hit some chunk plays. That's just how it happens. You just The difference is whether you can keep that to 18 to 25 yards instead of 40 or 50 yards. Can you hold this team to field goals instead of touchdown? Right. Like, if you can do that, you could beat this team, but that's a big task. And that girly play just keeps playing over and over again in my mind yeah. where I'm just like, man, that's the last thing they need is for – Randall Cobb to catch like a five yard out and do that. And then all he's of a off. sudden somebody takes a bad angle or something and he's gone. Yep. That's what he does. Like that's his game. So that's, that has to concern you if you're a Cowboys fan and you're being objective about this, right? Yeah. 
All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll get to some more questions. You guys call us 214-872-2102 or all hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. What? Jeez, Eric, way to cut me off. Damn. All right. Trying to be the boy, the voice of the fans over here. but All right, we'll get to the voice of the fans <laughs> over there as soon as we come back from break. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See below for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. Tommy John underwear. It's just like the offensive line in football. It's your first line of defense. It protects your franchise players and your back end. So, you know, just like a great offensive line, you don't even know right. that it's even that they're even having a good game because you don't ever hear about them. It's the same with underwear. Until they're not there. Until they're not there, yeah. then everybody kind of knows that it's a problem. So, Tommy John. Get a bad one and you know it. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. It's the offensive line of underwear because it protects against the sack. Okay. Your franchise But player. Tommy John's a lot like <laughs> the Dallas defensive line in this game. You just got that? It took you a while no, to No, I've been laughing about okay. it the whole time. I'm like trying to hold it. but <laughs> Sorry. What would you say, Dave? Tommy John's a lot like the Dallas defensive line in this game. Okay. Focus on the sack. Mm-hmm. It's a big point of emphasis. Mm. <laughs> now half, half of a half of a laugh. <laughs> he didn't get well, that, that's exactly what I just said, but but Amber was saying something else. But I did say the exact same thing. It's okay. Okay, I didn't get laugh track, so I'm good. I repeated what you said. You talked about protecting your franchise <laughs> player. So. I wonder if Aaron Rodgers will be wearing There's Tommy just John. one franchise tag. You don't really have... Multiple have, franchise players? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. All right, we're going to move on. We're going to move on because I don't want to go farther down that road. All right, let's uh, let's get back to some questions. You guys call us 214-872-2102 or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Uh, let's take a call right now from Jay in New York. Jay, what up? Hey, what's going on? How you doing, man? I'm all right. Um, love your show. You guys do a very good job. All the shows throughout. Thank you. Um, just got a quick uh, quick comment. About the last game, I know we're on uh, to Green Bay now, but uh, about the last game, 
I don't think we gave, uh, excuse me, I don't think we put enough emphasis on how important Ryan Swiss's fumble was. I mean, I know we spoke about it, but I think that was a huge part of the game. I mean, we had a chance to go into halftime 24-7, I mean 24-6 or 20-6, to and he, he drops the ball. It gives the other team a lot more confidence. You know, they go into halftime with a completely different speech as opposed to, you know, the coach trying to rally them, and most of the players still not, well, with less confidence, and they still won't come out right, even though the coach wants them to play better. I mean, if they were down 20 to 6, as opposed to, I believe it was 17 to 13, it's a four point difference. The coach could just tell them, hey, guys, we're right here, played a horrible half, but we're still right behind them. I know we scored before them again, but just like in the previous game we had with the Cardinals, when they missed that field goal, it changed the whole momentum. Although, um, we scored, I mean, although the Cardinals, I believe, scored next uh, after the missed field goal, we still won the game because the whole um, the whole momentum was switched. Also, my other comment, I'm sorry, uh, real quick, is that uh, everybody wants to say we held them to field goals, but to me, seven field goals equals three touchdowns. So if you add that to the two touchdowns, that's five touchdowns for a game. So, I mean, 35 points is 35 points. It's still five touchdowns or two touchdowns and seven field goals. That's Seven field goals is just way too much to equal three touchdowns. All right, I'm going to hang up now and listen to you guys. Thank right, you. Thanks, thanks for the call. I guess he's just speaking his piece on the Switzer thing because I think on Monday we all said, I, I want to say that when, when I asked the question, what was the play that if you could have it back, you'd want back? I think two out of three of us or four of us um, actually said that that play was the play that changed the game. So I think we all agree on that, including the caller. Um, I agree with that, but they went into halftime with an eight-point lead. After all that said, yeah. I mean, the NFL teams make runs just like NBA teams. Like, it, the game's never over at halftime. Yep. The, the New England Patriots proved that in the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's not that I disagree. Like, that was a huge play. That's the play that I would take back. But a play that happened with eight minutes left in the second quarter can't be the reason why you lost a game. So, especially when you still had a, a especially when you still went into halftime with a lead. Yep. I will say this about the field goals, though. And I, I actually, the funny thing is, this is the same similar conversation I was having with my wife the other night, and she was kind of like, this defense, you know, they're getting, and I'm like, here's the thing about the field goals. Yes, that's a lot of field goals to give up, but the reality is you got to think about it from the standpoint of what is, how is this defense built and what is their objective. Their objective is to bend but don't give up the touchdown. So we saw this all last year, and if, if the offense is doing what they expect the offense to do, this plan for as a team works. It's just don't give up the big play. Don't give up the touchdown. Yeah, you're going to keep everything in front of you. You're going to let them catch the ball sometimes, and you're just going to have to make the tackle. But that's how this defense is, is built to work. It's built to be a defense that allows yards, which means at times you're going to give up enough yards for them to get down and get a field goal. You're just trying to keep them out of the end zone. Where did the touchdowns in that game happen? They happened on a short field inside the Dallas Red Zone right. after a turnover, mm -hmm. and it happened in the second half after the offense had been doing nothing and the defense had been forced onto the field too many times, in right. my opinion. And maybe I'm letting the defense off the hook, but again, I just I feel like there's a disconnect where people are, you know, people expect this defense to be elite and they're mad at anything but. Yeah. And that it's not the case. It hasn't been the case. It's not the case this year. You're you're working within the framework of what you have. And the framework of what you have is a defense that's capable of holding opponents to field goals and hopefully not a lot else. Right. And it's on the offense to Score. not put more on them than that. Yeah. And they couldn't do it in the second half last week. And 
I put far more of the blame on the offense for putting them in that situation than I put on the defense for being what they are, which is essentially a middle of the pack group. Yep. Yep. I mean, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Exactly right. Three, three played. Uh, yep. Three, five, three, five. That's what they started out with. I mean, so when you don't get any first downs and you punt and they get the ball around the forty yard line, uh, holding them to a field goal is is a win. That's a win, yeah. pretty much. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is about the offense. The offense did not give them the, those 10, 12 play drives, score touchdowns. You know, put the pressure back on them and put them back in their own starting point at twenty yard line. I don't know what the average starting point of the game was, but I guarantee the Rams, I mean, it was favorable for them. This so. defense looks a whole lot like last year. They get a little, they get more sacks. Um, they probably haven't gotten as many turnovers to this point, Not if yet. I had to yeah. guess. Um, and they've given up more chunk plays. But it's a, it's a different version of the same thing. But it's a similar formula. Yeah. That's the point. The formula is the same. And by and large, that's how they play. Defense on and that's going to happen when you have cornerbacks the way they do. I mean, they've lost a lot in their cornerbacks because early in the year they had Carr, they had Claiborne, they were playing pretty well, mm -hmm. and now you've got some rookies and young guys out there. And a lot of injuries. Yeah. And, and what's the difference through four weeks? The offense is not just zipping down the field yeah. like it's no big deal over and over again. Yep. So, Especially fast starts. If there's a – yeah, right, Amber? <laughs> if there's a silver lining here, it's – I mean – I've seen enough from the offense to like I'm not I'm not hopeless like they can't get to that point. Right. I think they'll continue to improve and I think they can get there. And I think they'll play some easier defenses probably starting this week even though Aaron Rodgers is on the other side. Yeah. So that's the one reason why I mean when you look at this I'm not I'm not so panicked about where the Cowboys are right now. Nobody should I do be think, panicked. I do think this defense is doing what what it's meant to do and I just think the offense is going to have to find its way and right now I am thinking that part of that is because they faced, like I said yesterday, in a four-week span, they faced the kinds of defense they faced over a season last year that gave them problems throughout the season. They faced those in a four-week period this year, and you saw the exact same things. They haven't improved over that when it comes to playing that kind of defense, and they're going to have to learn how to do that because that's what you're going to face in the playoffs. It's funny because you know, I'm about to sound like an old salt, and I'm sitting with Nick, who's covered this team since the 90s, but like it's almost like people <laughs> forgot – so I'm, it's close but, to when I was born. Wow. Well, <laughs> that makes me feel old. It's, but you're but not. it's almost like people forgot how the NFL works because in 2015, everything sucked. Like this team just lost and lost and lost and lost. And you were thinking about the draft by before Christmas. And then last year, everything was amazing. And they won and won and won and won. And the reality of the NFL is that 90% of the teams in the league trade wins and losses. And you have stretches where you're losing games. And you, like this team hasn't had, if they lose to the Packers, it'll be their first losing streak in two years. Mm -hmm. That's not how that's not the NFL. That's not the way it works. Um, and I think and I'm not just talking about fans, by the way, like there are people in this building where I'm like, will you calm down? Like eight and eight was the norm here for a long time. Like you're you win and lose games in the NFL. The league is designed that way. Yep. So it's way too early to be panicking about having a 500 record. Yep. Well, I think the panicking came right after losing against a team like the Rams. But so. I, a team like the Rams implies that they're a bad team. And I'm cert I'm not trying to convince anybody that they're the Patriots, but that was not a 1 in 15 also two football and two. team. It's more about losing how they lost, I think. Than no, the Rams are 3-1. The, the fact that the Patriots. Oh yeah, you're yeah. talking about right. the big bad Patriots. Yeah, I wonder actually well, the funny thing about the NFL is 
Patriots fans probably are panicking, even though like all the evidence in the world points to them that they shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but they probably are because they're not used to that. They're two yeah. and two, and they stole a win, right, from Houston. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because I mean, Houston kinda probably should have won that game. Yeah, and the Saints game was sort of back and forth. Who did they lose to this week? The Patriots, um, Carolina. Yeah, they lost to Carolina. Uh, they beat the Saints pretty bad. Like yeah. that was a beatdown. But your point is well made. Like it hasn't been easy for them all year. They and I believe three of their four games have been at home. Mm, yeah. So, it, no, I mean that's not that's not a great start. For it's them. the NFL. The They'll only, get it turned around. And the only team in the league that probably just doesn't feel bad about anything is Kansas City because they hasn't lost a game yet. But the one thing that we also know, you talk about the history of the NFL. If you've watched the NFL long enough, you know that what you see in the first four or five weeks of the NFL season is rarely what you see by the end of the season. Teams get on runs. And when they start getting into October, November, those teams that are good, they start getting on runs. Regardless of how their first month was, they start getting on runs, and those teams are the teams that are in it at the end of the season. And there's so often that the team that's the best team in the NFL as of week four is not the best team when you come to the end of the season. So all I'm saying is it, this is don't panic. It. This is not time to panic because you've seen some good things. You've seen some bad things. They just got to clean up the bad things. And if they can, which I believe they can, you'll be fine. I It's Having said all that, I completely agree with you. It's going to be tough. You look at the schedule coming up. Yep. Nick disagrees. No, I agree. <laughs> I don't know what kind of face you made I, just now. Like. I agree. Okay. I agree 100%. I, yeah. I just, yeah, I think the way the last two seasons before this have gone, people lose sight of the fact that an NFL season is an up and down and always evolving type of deal. You right. don't, you don't usually win, you don't usually lose seven games in a row. You also don't usually win 11 games in a row. Right, so. that's an aberration, and you should be happy that you got to experience that. Yeah. All right, let's get another question from Twitter. Thoughts on the Cowboys getting Xavier Woods more involved in the rotation and possibly replacing Jeff Heath? <laughs> that is a popular topic on social media this week. I know you guys probably – I know I've gotten a lot of tweets about it. Yeah. I assume you guys have too. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, Jason Garrett even said it Monday in – Dave alluded to it, I think, yesterday that let's let's see because he the question was about Xavier Woods, and he said he is playing well. He's playing very well, with, but as a coach, what you have to figure out with young players is, you know, you give him a little bit more here and there because does his 17, 18 plays, are they looking great? Can he handle 40, 45? Um, and that's the same thing with Heath. I mean, Heath kind of built up, up into that, and right now, the jury's still out that he can handle the load as being a starting safety. Um, but he's a four – I mean, this is his fifth year, and so you kind of think that he can maybe figure it out a little bit more. Then I don't think they want to just throw Woods out there and, and, and see. But it's getting to the point where he's deserved more playing time. I don't know if it means as a starter, but that's the thing about – this isn't quarterback. This isn't like you play or you don't. I mean, you can get in there and play a little bit more packages, and I think that he's deserved more playing time, and he'll get more. But I don't know if being a starter – I hate to sound like Mickey Spagnola, but like I feel very, I feel very much like I told you so. Because all through the summer, I I promise you this, all through the summer I said, yeah, like they're they're probably going to play three and four safeties. Like Jeff Heath is going to be the guy that gets introduced on the screen at the beginning of the game, but Xavier Woods is going to be in there in certain packages. They did it last year. I know. Before and the The blueprint was there from the beginning that they're going to need all four of these guys at some point, and Xavier Woods will be out there without Heath from time to time. That's already happened a few times. Last week, 
kind of like Alfred Morris and Zeke. Like it seems like they have a series hidden somewhere in there where they put Kayvon and Xavier out there without Byron or Jeff. That happened yeah. against the Rams. Um, so they're going to keep cycling them in. But like to just think that Jeff Heath is going to go sit down and never play safety and only play special teams, that is not going to happen. But Woods and Kayvon have certainly looked good, and they'll get more snaps. I think the thing about Xavier that I don't know if the Cowboys knew this, and I don't think a lot of teams knew this, or he's not going to last till the sixth round, yeah. or fifth, sixth round. If if teams evaluated him as a guy that could also go down and cover cover into the slot, he'd have been drafted in the second or third round. Not a lot of safeties do that. No, not at all. No, if he had that kind of skill set, and he and he does, but if you know. And that's the problem with sometimes drafting smaller school guys. I know Louisiana Tech. Xavier Woods would be mad at you if he heard you say that. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, no, I they, they, they are. They are. But what, what, what conference is that? Sunbelt? Conference USA. Conference USA. Same thing. So that's so, not a bad conference. No, it's either. not. But but you're just not, gonna, it's not, you're not going it's up against not the a big SEC. program. Yeah. yeah. You're not going up against. What is the SEC? The, not, the, the, not the Big Ten, whatever. It, that no. wasn't an SEC. Not power I didn't five. know. I just I was just asking. It's not, it's not a Power Five school. And so sometimes when you're playing that position, you're not going to go up against. Uh, if he were to play cornerback, and but, we've seen this with smaller schools. If you play cornerback and you're, you're not just going to go there, you just don't throw to that side. You don't have to because he's the most elite player on defense. That's why you put those kind of guys in the middle of the field at safety. Even though they've got skills to play corner, they can play safety because you want your best player all around the middle Pete of the Hunter. field. And I, Pete Hunter is the example of yeah. that. So I think that's probably what happened with the Xavier Woods. And now they're, they're seeing that, you know what, he's got pretty good coverage skills as well. But things that you just didn't see a lot playing at Louisiana Tech. I, I was like, oh, go ahead. I just, he's always around the ball. I love that about him. Like, I mean, I'm not – I don't know if he's a shut-down corner or, like, the best slot guy on the team, but when he's in there and they get the ball out, he's there. Like, he just always finds his way around it. He yeah. looks like a corner. I mean, he's, he's he not does. very tall. and He's not very big either. He's got he's got a body for a corner, but he's got he's got that awareness, and like you said, being around the ball, that's what – got instincts. Yep. yep. And that's the thing. I, I want to see that turn into some plays, like some big plays, some turnovers. That's what they're not getting enough of right now in the secondary is some Man. guys that can make some of those kind of big plays. So I'm hopeful he came that that's on what a, we will see from him. not going to bench Heath, the ball. this week, though. Heath's the one guy that can pick off Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what? true. No. Okay. Should have had two in the playoffs. Yeah. Woods came on a slot blitz against the Cardinals that if it had been a little bit lower of a throw, he might have had a touchdown. Yeah. Like threw it right to him. It's a pretty athletic play because yeah. to be running full speed and then jump, that, that's not a necessarily an easy thing, especially when the ball's coming at you fast. So, yeah, it was a, that was a pretty nice play for him. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., our normal time. We'll uh, talk about the Packers' uh, defense versus the Cowboys' offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!